Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of SaaS Marketing Makeover. I am so excited to have Cassandra Jowett with me today. She is an amazing marketing leader from Path Factory and couldn't be more excited to dive into Marketing Makeover today with you. How are you doing, Cassandra? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me. A hundred percent. Well, we're glad to have you. Now, I walked you through a little bit in the beginning of what we're going to do today, but we're about to get the wheel. Now, the wheel is this little magical moment. I don't know who's on it. You don't know who's on it. And from there, we're going to do a little audit in 30 minutes or less. So with that being said, Ryan, can you spin the wheel for us? Cleo, talk test. Okay, I know some of these. Word stream. Word stream. Oh my gosh. Mr. Larry Kim's company. So, um, for all those of you who don't know, uh, WordStream is a company that essentially sits on top of your Google Ads environment and provides recommendations. So, have you ever used them before, Cassandra? I, I haven't. Um, I'm not familiar. I'm not big on the ad side uh, yet. So, uh, not super familiar with that whole space and I've never used or even heard of WordStream, I don't think. So this is a good one. I was really afraid that it was gonna be Clio because my friend Alex works there on the growth team and that would be really embarrassing to have to like critique all the stuff that he and his team were doing. Alex calls you afterwards. So about that dinner we had, no. Um, this, I found that everybody actually really enjoys it even on the receiving end. So you're gonna be in good hands. Now what I wanna look here at is the three-star reviews. And really to understand recommendations to others considering the product. So I think this is a great job of us to understand the gaps in the value and what people are saying about it. So okay. do the month to month. I made a mistake and signed on for a year when I decided I no longer needed it. After a few months, it was not fun trying to cancel the contract early. Okay. Totally fair. Let's see what else. Recommendations, good product. 20 minute workouts can be better. If you want a one-stop solution that can deal with most repaid advertising, this is the solution. Wasn't robust as promised. Smaller account that spends less money and has under 100,000 keywords use WordStream. Otherwise, they can't handle larger accounts. Okay, so definitely getting some good information. Anything you're seeing here, Cassandra? Um, I don't think you're sharing your screen. You might have to share it for me to see it. I'm just sort of listening and trying to follow along. Um, I love but, that. Well, thank you for letting me know. Sure. Um, so cool. what I was I looking at was some of like, what problems are you solving? What do you yeah. dislike? You know, 20 minute work week is just a gimmick. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. A lot of a lot of objections in these reviews that could definitely be overcome through some content. <laughs> yes, and I think we're going to definitely get to that. We wanted WordStream to optimize our accounts. The program itself wasn't as robust. Okay, so we're getting a little idea of what people are saying. Seems to be very much like a small business product. From by the way, from like me being in this industry, I don't use WordStream. It is very much like a instead of an agency product instead of with an agency mm. product kind of like maybe like a bright edge um and they have a very similar type brand does that make sense yeah that makes sense um and considering they're small business based that's probably why um i haven't worked with them before i've always sort of been in that sort of just on the cusp of medium-sized business not necessarily 
um, you know, where there might be like one marketing person trying to do all the all the campaigns, which it sounds like this is kind of designed for that, or even for entrepreneurs who are trying to run ads for their businesses, which is always tough to stretch yourself super thin and do all those things. hundred percent. Yeah. When I first started directed with my partner, we, we would like get clients all the time from WordStream and now we never do. So it's definitely more like for those SMBs, but they have a ton of clients and you can see kind of who those are. One of the things I'm finding interesting and I'd love your take on is do you believe this headline? Like what's your take on this kind of messaging of like online advertising made easy, turn 60% more leads into customers while sending 10% less? Is this like, what's been your experience with messaging like this? Um, I mean, definitely as a marketer, I'm skeptical of anything that claims that it's easy because I don't know if any marketing has ever been easy, even if it's fast or efficient or whatever. Um, I'm just sort of like, what does easy mean exactly? And, um, you know, based on the audience, maybe that just means, you know, you don't need to be an expert um, marketer or SEM person to to run ads. And in that case, maybe they're targeting their audience perfectly. And I'm definitely curious where those stats came from. Um, because if I know anything about working at a MarTech company, um, that is probably like one customer had that ROI once. And so now we say it applies everywhere, which, um, you know, I will be totally honest, I have been guilty of myself, you know, an executive just says that sounds great, put it on the website, and you do it. Um, yep. But I'm sort of curious, uh, is that standard guaranteed, you know, a one off best case scenario? Like what, where are those numbers coming from? Yeah, no, I, I'm right on there with you. And I think they don't necessarily do a lot to prove that it almost seems fake. Um, so I think, you know, there's something to be said there. Now, when we're looking at the rest of the page, I think, you know, when I looked at your website in preparation for this, you guys do a really good job of speaking to your personas. They're obviously trying to do that, right? For advertisers, for marketing agencies. Now, I would say these personas are very large personas. Yeah. Um, what's been your experience becoming too general, generic with personas? And for everybody wondering where I'm coming from, I'm looking at, I think, you know, Path Factory does a great job right here around how it works and giving very specific roles, right? And then adjusting content to that. Well, this is a landing page. So, you know, what's your experience kind of around going from homepage to landing page this generically? Yeah, it, I agree. It does seem like a large bucket. And maybe that's just, um, you know, we have a lot of personas. And partly that's because we sell into the enterprise more often. And so we have to convince all those people that they need Path Factory um, all on the same team. And we really have to have the nitty gritty details to speak to each one of those people in order to get the deals done. Um, and in, in this case, if you're just kind of selling to a key persona, then Yes, but I like I already see a few different, you know, advertisers that jump out at me, even just from being on the homepage. You know, there are those, you know, one person marketing teams at the smaller companies. There are the business owners. Um, you know, there are the side hustlers who are just trying to get up and running. So I feel like they could be a little bit more specific and speak to each of those folks um, in some way. And it might just be in the copy, but maybe it could have um, it could have headings or specific landing pages for each of those people to convince them a little bit stronger based on the challenges that they're facing. 
No, 100%. Now, conversely, it looks like they're doing a pretty good job here around this benefits content and mm -hmm. keeping it conversational. I actually really like this, right? How we help. Help me turn into cut versions, advertise on Facebook, Google ads, multi-channel, manage it for me, help me build and scale my agency. I think that's pretty cool. What's been your effect, like your perspective? Like, so they have their features and then they have their benefits. Is there anything here you would do different or they're missing in your mind when it comes to that cornerstone? kind of like get someone from interest to action is there anything you would recommend maybe they add here or is this are those kind of the foundational things in your mind yeah i mean i like i like the how we help i almost feel like it should come before the solutions because people kind of need to understand the problem that they need to solve before they can dig into a product solution so i might flip those if i was in charge of this website and try to lead people down that journey because um you know coming on this website even as a marketer right now i don't know which solution i need like i might have a specific challenge um, and that should lead me to a solution, not necessarily the other way around. So, um, and I, I think I would love to see that not just in the in the the nav, but also on the page here, kind of creating a few different entry points for me um, based on the problems that I have, rather than maybe who I am. I love that. I also notice a gap where we have two primary call to actions above the fold, scroll, and disappears. Notice in the menu, they don't like this to me is like put a call to action here and yeah. immediately make more money, right? Type moment. Um, now, I bet you one of the reasons they struggle with this is because they're going to try to create different experiences, whether it's trials or grading or a video. So when you're dealing with multiple personas, in your mind, what's the best way to centralize a CTA? Like you all, right? Have this thing where you have a demo and then do you just essentially allow someone to self-identify with the type of demo they want based on their, yep, exactly. So how would you do something like that in WordStream in your mind? Yeah, I mean, I think it would be, you know, if someone wants to start a free trial as soon as they've landed on the page, like good for them. <laughs> I think I might need a little bit more convincing. So I might save that real estate for more educational materials and then have some more customized calls to action to convert them later on. But, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm like I said, I'm an enterprise marketer um, by my experience. And so I'm not used to these high, high volume um, conversion type websites necessarily. Um, if I get, say, like, three really amazing demo requests in a day that are at my ideal customer profile um, accounts like that is a big win and the sales team is singing my praises um, whereas I'm sure these guys are trying to get hundreds of those a day um, in order to fill their free trial funnel so it's a little bit different so maybe um, they've tried different things in his work but yeah like I would I would start with education and save the the hard conversion call to action for um, further down the page or on a, on a separate page or just persistently at the top there. Yeah, I think that would be a great place because as people are navigating through the site, they can, you know, when they're ready, it's just there for them and they don't have to go back and find that. Yep, no, I love exactly where you head out. Now, content, the big stuff, right? So if you, I know a little bit about WordStream and they've been very, very effective through their grader. Essentially their Google ads grader, their functional mm -hmm. content, their content that gives you information, right? And is transactional like that has been hyper successful. So I think we should look at this just to get an idea of it. So I think they did build a business kind of off this, which is crazy. So essentially they built a business from people giving them their email and then doing an audit. Nice. 
yeah, every marketer dreams of having this kind of asset <laughs> in their in their back pocket um, because it works. Yeah, these graders totally work. Now, is there anything you might do different about this page that I'm noticing? It's uh, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot to take in and uh, very text heavy. No images like the headings and the lists and stuff are good, but um, it just sort of feels like someone dumped a big Google Doc or something onto this page, and it's very like skinny as well, so it feels even more crowded. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot in one place, and I wonder like, do they even expect people to read all that stuff down below, and what's the purpose of it? hundred percent. I think I I think it's just to rank. If I mm -hmm. I bet you. If we were to think about this, the only reason they're doing this because they're trying to rank the landing page. Right. But yeah, I, I don't know. All their marketing is a little wonky to me. In all honesty, it's kind of like weirdly landing pagey, yeah. um, but old school. It kind of like reminds me of a website like eight years ago that I'm looking at. Yeah. When everyone um, was obsessed with like getting that 1% more conversion and they were trying out a hundred different landing page styles in order to squeeze that out. Yeah. A hundred percent. Now, Let's look maybe a little bit more at some of the stuff they're doing when it comes to their content. So when yeah, we look at this, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, even back on the main blog page, like having the chronological blog in that way is um, also a little bit old school. Like I personally find it hard to navigate because you only get exposed to the most recent stuff. And, you know, this is maybe pretty common on, on a site that that relies mostly on um, organic search traffic and an SEO strategy, which um, you know makes sense. But if you actually have a buyer who's trying to navigate through your site and find information that they need, um, that kind of layout is tough because they can't really see um, other content that maybe isn't the newest, but pretty evergreen and um, might actually help them take the next step in their buyer's journey. Yeah, I think you and I both have these environments where it's like SEO, PPC, CRO, kind of self-identify with your content, yeah. enjoy that experience. And then this is very much like, well, this is the latest one we wrote. And if you've ever done like a hot jar analysis, right, we're, I feel pretty confident that exponentially less people than they think are using this dropdown. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, no, I love where your head's at. Now, what I find interesting in this whole thing is they are so obviously SMB, yet simultaneously not saying it. In other words, they're making me feel it, but they're not communicating it. It. What's your take on owning like what you are? You know what I'm saying? Like two ninety nine a month in the paid media world is SMB, right? Totally. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you know. Go ahead. I was gonna say they're not really owning it. You know what I mean? At the same time, it's not. It doesn't really feel like they're speaking to an SMB owner at the same time so much as they just look like they're for SMB. Yeah, it's interesting because like even the the blue branding and some of the sort of um, generic graphics are very enterprisey, like not the cartoons necessarily, but um, often for SMB, you do see that cartoony um, 
kind of style yeah. and also more, um, you know, pictures of business owners on the go and like stuff like that to kind of indicate to entrepreneurs or, or small business folks that you're, you're selling to them. Um, so it does feel a little bit mixed to me. And I definitely find a lot of value in naming who we serve as a company because it says a lot about you. Um, you know, at Path Factory, I'm actively trying to eliminate SMBs from our um, sales take a demo request because those people are just not going to ever buy Path Factory, even if they love our branding and our content speaks to them. So I specifically say enterprise and mid-market because that says expensive. It says you need a sophisticated MarTech stack. Um, people who know those terms identify with that. And if you're an SMB, you're going to go, oh, enterprise, I'm probably not going to be able to fit that into my budget or even use that technology because we don't have a big enough team. Um, so that can be a really great way to just help your audience self-select before they even get to the trial or the take a demo button. A hundred percent. I think what I love you saying is I want my ideal customer to self-identify and I'm my wrong customer to get the heck off. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I know cause I've been their ideal customer. I was not an advertiser. I was an SMB guy and I don't know without having that here that I think that's their number one persona and I'd be shocked if it wasn't. And I think not having that right here above the advertisers one is definitely a miss. In my yeah. Mind. Yeah. Now, I agree. Is there anything else you're seeing where you're just immediately like, Oh my God, what an amazing opportunity. Like we could do something really quick here and make a big impact. Yeah. I mean, I find it interesting that they have that like company um, carousel where it's sort of like company news and career stuff right on the homepage there. Um, mm -hmm. Like that's a case study, which is great. But like one of the other things I think was something about the company. So um, that's a bit, that's an interesting choice. Um, and the fact that they, if they're greater is sort of their marquee um, thing and the, and the best way to get people into the funnel, which it seems like it is, it's funny that it's a little bit lower. Like you would think you would want to just suck people into that as soon as they land on the page um, in order to start moving them through. So it's sort of interesting that it's below all this other stuff on their main homepage. No, oh, 100%. I was thinking something very, very similar. And so, because they have it here, right? It's like grade my Google Ads account but it's not here, right? It's not yeah. up in this top right corner. And so on scroll, I very much go into a what I feel like is slightly a disjointed landing page. Now, I wanna see how they tell their customer stories because I think that's always a very big part. Let's take a look here together. Oh no, not the blog, same CMS layout, no. <laughs> <laughs> so people don't need to share your case studies. It's really not what they're there to do, right? And I do like this little like fixed CTA. I always think those are pretty cool. Now, some of their best content over the years has always been these benchmark reports. I think one of the things I would recommend if I were to show up and be CMO for a day, and this is my favorite thing to do in content in the MarTech space, is I would make the data only I have at WordStream the reason why people care about my content. And I would make sure everything was fully product and content integrated when I'm telling those stories. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100%. Although I will give them some credit and say it's sometimes easier said than done. Um, you know, definitely that's been one of my missions at Path Factory because we also have tons of data 
available to us. Um, or I would say we collect tons of data, um, but it's often only accessible by data scientists who um, don't always care what the marketing team wants. So, <laughs> and you know, obviously we have to prioritize supporting our customers and all that kind of stuff. So um, I empathize with them if they're kind of sitting on this mountain of data and don't have it front and center. Um, the one thing that I would say is uh, it might be worth investing, especially as a MarTech solution in the visual brand, um, doing a bit of a refresh and a consistency check on things because it's a little bit, um, you know, mixy matchy on different yep. pages. And I find that like there isn't a strong, consistent visual theme where I would go, yes, that's WordStream. It's, it's a little bit sort of generic and, um, you know, just blue with the illustrations. So um, if, if it was me, um, I would definitely want to sort of like take another pass and say, what is our visual brand? If someone looked at something and said, yes, that's definitely WordStream, like what should that be? Um, yeah. Because I don't necessarily see that on this page. And, and that's something that I've... Uh, it's always hard to justify because it can be so expensive to develop a whole new brand system, but it's always worth it. And it, it's sort of like, you know, putting, putting your brand on the tip of everyone's tongue, but instead of the tongue, it's like your eyeballs. Like someone looks at that and they go like, yes, that's that company. And I, I 100% know it is. And it just reinforces everything about you every time they look at that image or that shape or that color. I couldn't agree more. I'm doing a revamp right now. I've revamped directive almost every year for seven straight years wow. as we matured our vision. Because every time our vision became more focused and our ICP, our ideal customer became more defined, it was critical that we match that upon instant impression. And to what you're communicating, I think this video here is freaking sweet. Like I think they do a good job here. And then all of a sudden you go from humans to characters to old school icons back to humans right yeah. like i think we gotta have a bit more like you're saying consistency that says either we're gonna be a human-centric brand like a gong or we're gonna be you know something that's more character driven either but i think you gotta choose one if that makes sense i agree 100 percent. and this um word stream actually reminds me a lot of um path factory's original brand which was lookbook hq if anyone's familiar with that company name, that's what we were called before we were called Path Factory. And in uh, sort of late 2017, early 2018, we embarked on an entire rebrand for partially this reason. We had a lot of like cute icons and illustrations. And it was, you know, we were trying to be a little bit more grown up, but couldn't make it fit within the brand system that we had. It was very like blue and cartoony like this. And so we just embarked on like a whole overhaul of the brand, including the name and um, ended up in such a better place, but it, it was it was a tough and expensive pr process for sure. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun too as a marketer. Well, and I think what you're saying is totally spot on. Now, WordStream has a soft spot in my heart because they taught me a lot of what I learned about paid media through their Growth Academy. Okay. I almost thought they sunset it because I couldn't find it till just now. But PPCU is one of the best trainings for like entry-level paid media people on the market and it's this amazing content and they have all these things yet it's hidden so and this actually goes to something i saw about path factory that i was curious about you also put blog on a pedestal so what i'm curious about is why put blog in your mind or in this case on a pedestal over like resource kind of heavier content Maybe you guys use your blog kind of as a resource, you just use the word blog, 
But I'm curious, like if I was WordStream, why I wouldn't make Growth Academy, PPCU, webinars, white papers, videos, like why I wouldn't swap that out with my blog? Because my blog kind of seems a little lame from a brand navigation standpoint. Now, I know what it does for acquisition, but I don't see what it does for activation, if that makes sense. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Um, and the answer isn't as interesting as, as uh, you know, you might hope it is. Um, you know, uh, as a company that sells marketing technology, we use our own all the time. And that has always, until very recently, been a very campaign-centric um, technology where you're primarily sending, you're delivering content through email ads, um, that kind of stuff. And so that's where we focus, not on developing a website. And we were also sort of anti-resource hubs on websites. That was sort of like one of our strong brand positions. Um, but, you know, we've recently started developing some new products for the website um, to sort of complement our campaign offerings. And so we are actually looking at in 2021, how do we make our website a more sustainable um source of of leads and of engagement for our, our prospects and customers how can we nurture them through the website as well as through all of the other channels that we've worked so hard to build over the last you know four to five years so um it is on my mind um because i'm definitely not happy with sort of the blog um just being the main entry point for people on the website um and you know i would say the other part of it is we've tried to use the persona pages as an entry point for some of those key content assets. And we actually have them like integrated into those various um, journeys throughout the website rather than, oh, we're just going to put all of our webinars here, to, you know, to try to get away yep. from that hub model. Um, but we are looking at other other ways to present the content because it is a bit hidden today. And even for our own team, um, sometimes they just want to like go to the website and find that content, which is not necessarily why you build a website but it is a reality of like how do i find that webinar that we did six months ago um i really need it because i have a customer who is looking at doing that um it would just be so easy if it was on the website and i could just flip it to them so um you know you would hope that they would use path factory to do that but not everyone um wants to take that step sometimes and they just want to send it from the website and find it themselves so yeah mindset the balance of custom experiences and information architecture right yep. and then deciding how do we juggle it. And I love that you guys are being conscious about your efforts. Sometimes I'm always curious of how conscious people are being around if they want to focus blog or this really great resource in my mind area. Now, we're almost out of time. And so I want to end with a bang, okay? So, congratulations. I don't know if that's what we're going to use, but boom, new world, it's 2020, anything can happen. You are now the CMO of WordStream, okay? And You've had 30 minutes on the job. What do you think are those three big things you would do uh, as CMO to accelerate their marketing if you were in charge of WordStream? Yeah, I think I would um, make the grade my Google ads the hero here, like just make it really obvious that that's what I'm trying to get people to do to take the first step. Um, and once you understand that, that's when you can start doing the online advertising made easy. Um, I would definitely take the explainer video style and 
you know, wrap it around the whole website. Even if I'm just taking screenshots from this video, I think that might be kind of fun. Like there's a lot of personality here um, and there's a lot of color that you could work with. So that could be a cool thing. And we, ha we haven't even watched the whole video. So who knows what else is going on in there. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think I would make those other resources like to have a whole academy uh, <laughs> so hidden, like that should be the sort of like, number two thing that you're trying to filter people into in order to get them to convert and enter that sort of funnel. So um, I would probably, you know, instead of having the blog there, I might have a resources with the blog and the various, um, you know, university academy, whatever it is, as well as um, like they have this podcast down here. Um, yeah. That's not even featured very prominently. So um, that could be another thing that could be within that that allows people to really explore the full breadth of content that they have, which it looks like they have a lot. They're just not delivering it in maybe the most effective way. I love that. I love what you're saying. And I don't think I could agree more. I think I'm right on the same page. So if I hear what you're saying, step one, let's revamp the brand a little bit uh, and bring it to life and have some consistency, number one. Number two, how do I kind of put grade my Google accounts ad account kind of as a more primary call to action and consolidate it. And then, like you said, number three, let's organize our content. We have this amazing content engine, by the way, which they do have. How do we make that accessible? Yeah, I, think, I like to yeah. call it merchandising the content. Like these are products that you're trying to get in front of people. And so think of it like your storefront and you're really trying to get people to jump in and buy these things with their time. They're, you know, you want them to spend their time or get their email address or whatever it is. So how can you make it as attractive as possible, sort of on the edge of the shelf um, as people are navigating through your site? No, I love that. So what I would do, I would set up some testing to understand average order value, like an activation and rates between my multiple call to actions and consolidate. So I think I need to do, I would probably try to take something around, see why the smartest advertisers cho choose us and then try to get some early product exposure so that they get that moment of magic from the WordStream product and then try to create a gated environment, essentially. So show value first and then activate second. Um, I also would do a brand revamp. I mean, they are way too large of a company to not be better there. And I think the last part is I would really focus on community. I think WordStream has done a great job at educating advertisers. They educated me, but after that, there was nowhere for me to go. In other words, if I was WordStream, I would have the largest paid media community in the world. And it would be either, you know, check out the product, and then the second you tried to make a, so like I would get them in my product environment and the second they had to try to make a change, I would gate it and they'd have to sign up, maybe a trial, whatever. And then I would get everybody into my community and I'd really focus on helping paid media managers. So. Yeah, I think that would help with maybe some of the challenges that people are sharing in their reviews to kind of bring it full circle. Um, they're not like, sometimes your customers can sort of sell each other on the benefits or say, hey, you didn't actually use what's on, on offer properly. You would get more value out of it if you did X, Y, Z like I did. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Cassandra, you were an amazing guest. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. You're always welcome back. Thanks for having um, me. If anyone wants to follow along or kind of be a part of your journey, uh, how can they do that? Sure. Uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. That's probably the safest place. And I'm on Twitter at Cassandra Jowett.
there we go. It's on the screen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Way to go, Ryan, on the production team. Well, thank you so much. And that is SaaS Marketing Makeover. Everybody tune in next week and uh, have a great rest of the week. Thanks, everybody.